Hello and welcome back to Highway Seminary. I'm cuddled up on the couch with my coffee. It's a cold September morning. But I am glad that you joined us this morning because I feel like God has given me a really special message for this week. Um, I'm going to start with a praise report first. I didn't get any emails or Instagram messages this week, so I'm going to continue using my own. Um, and I think I'm going to go with us buying our house because God was really with us every step of the way. And, you know, we were looking at houses and looking at houses and looking at houses. And one night laying in bed, it's like he just spoke to me and was like, look at that one. And it was a house that I had looked at, you know, a dozen times before. But it was like I was looking at it with fresh eyes. And it was just perfect and it had everything that we needed. And we toured several other houses along with it ended up buying this one. And if you know about buying mortgages or getting mortgages and buying houses, you know that there are a million hoops to jump through. And God was just with us every step of the way. And every time we got discouraged, he just pushed through all, everything. And we ended up actually closing on the house and getting our keys the day before COVID-19 stopped our realtor and mortgage company from doing contracts for however long it stopped it. But it was the day before. And so we ended up getting our house and it is wonderful and it ended up being about a block away from the school that my son got accepted into or my oldest son he's eight and he got into a magnet school this year and it was just a block away so it was wonderful 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 and we have really been able to make this our our home We've been remodeling the kitchen and replacing some walls, and it's perfect for us, honestly. So, praising Jesus for that. And before I start, I also want to mention, has anyone been watching The Chosen? I downloaded the app. It's an app of shows. It's like a, a series or whatever that you can download on an app and stream for free. And it's Jesus's life. And I downloaded the app forever ago and never watched it. And I finally, this last week, sat down and watched it. And I finished all eight episodes in two days. It is so good. And it's so magical. And it feels like you are right there 
in the biblical times with Jesus. You're laughing with him. You're crying with him. It's, I don't know how they did it. It's amazing. So that kind of brought me to today's message. Because most preachers right now are preaching about the end times and this is the end and all the prophecies are coming and the world's just going to end soon. I don't really want to talk about that right now. I'm still studying into it. Um, I do see some things that are more accurate lately than several years ago. You know, because they've been saying it for, they've said it was the end and Jesus was coming back since he left the first time. But some things are starting to line up lately. But, you know, I'm just, I'm not ready to talk about it on here. And in the end, Jesus is the one that sets all this in motion anyway. Jesus is the one that's the beginning of the end. There is no end without Jesus' beginning. Jesus is the catalyst that set up all the Isaiah prophecies to conclusion. And today I want to talk about his first miracle. Um, the Gospel of John is the only one that mentions it. Um, I don't know why that is, but it is when Jesus turns the water to wine at the wedding in Cana. And we know it's his first because in John 2, 11, he says, first of his miraculous signs. So it was the very first, at least that he did publicly. And it's one of my favorites. It is my favorite. Because of how whimsical it is. The rest of the miracles are so moving and humanitarian. And it's feeding people and healing people. And making the paraplegic walk. And giving the blind man sight. And healing the leper. And feeding the masses twice. But this one was just so different. And I love the whimsy of it. And I love the relationship it shows between him and his mother. And I think it's just a fun way for him to begin his ministry. Because we think of Jesus and we kind of put him in this little box of love and, and, and rules and 
destruction of the end and the sorting of, I don't even remember the parable that I'm trying to talk about, the sorting of the grain or whatever. And there was a lot of that. There was a lot of talk of you're either going to be saved or condemned. And there was a lot of, you know, love God, love your neighbor type stuff. But Jesus was also so joyful and celebratory. And he relished life. And taught so much about happiness, you know? And that was one of the things that, you know, he got at at the Pharisees about. Because they were so set in their rules that they were just going through the motions and it didn't mean anything anymore. And you had to have a passion. And so this sort of brings about his entire ministry. The very first thing. Other than, you know, calling the apostles. And his... The relationship with his mother is just adorable because they run out of wine at a wedding. And he said, or she says, Jesus, they've run out of wine. And he goes, woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why is this my problem, mom? I'm not the one that planned the wedding. And her reply is not even to Jesus. She turns around (laughs) and just like blows him off and tells the servants, do whatever he says. The people that are serving the food and wine at the wedding, she says, do whatever he says. Because she knows Jesus is going to do what she asks. And he just sort of, I can just see him going, Ah, mother. (laughs) But he does it. And to look at why he ends up doing it, even though he says, my time has not yet come. I want to look at the Ten Commandments. Because the Fifth Commandment, is honor thy father and mother. It's the first commandment that comes with a promise. It's not the only commandment, but it is the first that comes with a promise. It says, if you honor your father and mother, you will live long and do well in the land the Lord has given. Which, uh, in modern terms, would be basically live long and prosper. So, if you honor your father and mother, you'll live long and prosper. And Jesus knows this. He knows that he has to honor Mary. And he does. And he loves her. She was his earthly mother. 
and he has a love for her and he honors her and she knows that he will obey her. And also another reason why he might have done it is because we can assume that if Mary, Jesus, and all the apostles were invited to this wedding, that they were pretty close to the family. So they didn't want any negativity to come toward the family hosting the wedding. And in biblical time, in Jesus' time, you only had two things to drink. You had water or wine. And when you went to a celebration, you expected wine. You drink water all day, every day. You're working. You're getting hot in the desert. It, you just always are drinking water. So if you go somewhere, you expect the people to have wine. And if you didn't have wine... You were made a mockery of. You were socially shamed for not having enough wine. And we don't think as much of it now because, you know, we expect there to be a glass or two at, you know, fancy events or whatever. But then we can come home and have our own wine or we can have Cokes or juice or anything like that. But they would have hours and days long celebrations. And they would only have water or wine. And they drink water every day, so they expected there to be wine. So they did not want this family to become an embarrassment. So those are two reasons why Jesus might have gone ahead with it. But also, it was the beginning of his entire ministry. And he mentions to Mary, my time has not yet come. So, Mary basically catapulted him into his ministry. And if we think about how things might have been different without the wedding at Cana, without Mary urging him into a miracle, and we don't even really know that she expected him to perform a miracle. Maybe she meant for him to run into town and and buy a few more amphors of wine. But she catapulted him into his ministry. And without that, would he have waited? Would he have gone a few more years unnoticed? Would he have begun his ministry around that time anyway? We know that he follows God's direction, but it sounds to me like he was not ready to be the Messiah yet. 
He was waiting for something. And maybe God told him that he could wait till he was ready. Or maybe this was his sign. But without the wedding at Cana, would it have been different? Would he have lived longer? Would he have had a ministry that spanned more than four years? Would he have been persecuted and crucified sooner? And I just, I love to think about things like that. Like, how would everything be different? How would the butterfly effect or the chaos effect take place if he never showed up to the wedding at Cana? And he didn't just make wine. He made the best wine that anybody had ever tasted. In fact, the master of ceremony stopped and thanked the uh, parents, the host of the, of the wedding, the parents of the, um, I don't remember if it was the bride or the groom, <laughs> but thank the parents that were hosting the wedding for this generous um, diff, uh, how would I word it? This generous aversion to tradition. Because normally, they would put out the really, really good wine first. And then as everybody, you know, got a little tipsy and were goofing around and they weren't so concerned with the taste. And there, it says, oh, excuse me, it says in the Bible that their taste buds were dulled. And we know how that gets. If you've ever had a little too much, you know, it's just not, the flavor's just not as important anymore. And after the taste buds were dulled, they would bring out cheaper wine. And it was a way for them to save money because, like I said, sometimes these things could go on for days. So... The wedding party had already served all their wine, the good wine and the bad wine. And then Jesus comes and makes the best wine anybody's ever tasted. And the master of ceremony said it was so generous for them to have done it this way and saved the best for last. And that's where we get our tradition and our idiom of save the best for last is from this story. Because it was so different of them. And it was appreciated by the guests. And so it not only kept them from being a public shame, but it elevated them into generous hosts. And Jesus did not just make a bottle or two of wine. They had um, amphers, which were huge to begin with, and they had gone through those. So they found the purification. I don't know if they were called amphors or not, or if they were just jars. But they found um, these stone jars for purification, and they would put water in there, and that's what the wedding party would wash their hands and feet with. 
before everything got started. And it was a way for them to purify themselves and make themselves clean to come into the home of the host. And they held, I want to say like 120 gallons. And he filled several of those with water and turned all that to wine. So he didn't just, you know, give them an extra bottle. It was gallons and gallons and gallons of wine. And I know that the rest of the miracles were less I don't playful I guess but I love this one because it was a celebration it was the relationship between Jesus and his mother that is so cute and it was more than enough it was overflowing and it was just a kind gesture it wasn't you know life and death it wasn't a medical miracle it was just nice and I love that and it allowed them to celebrate the wedding of these two for so much longer and so much more joyous and it just makes me feel the love and the laughter that was shared at the wedding and I I just think it's beautiful to be honest it's my favorite miracle and it's not the most important miracle it's not the most humanitarian miracle, but it is my favorite. And I hope that you enjoy it as well. After we have taken a deeper look at it. Um, I also don't have any prayer requests from anybody um y'all need to start emailing me your prayer requests and praise reports um but as far as prayer requests I will ask everyone to pray for the health of myself and my family um the weather is crazy right now we went from highs in the 90s literally every day for months to yesterday it only got up to the 60s overnight just overnight it dropped 20 degrees in 45 minutes day before yesterday so it's super cold right now and um we're in west texas so we're not used to cold so our bodies are slowly 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 catching up um, we've all got runny noses and cold symptoms, and it's not um, publicly acceptable <laughs> to have a cold right now. 
So I'm going to ask everyone to pray for our health. And also I'm going to ask you guys to go watch The Chosen. It's an app. You can just type in The Chosen on your app store, whichever app store you use. And um, it's a black and white photograph of, I think Matthew is on the, is on the um, thumbnail. It's either Matthew or Simon Peter, I can't remember. It doesn't matter because you're probably not going to recognize them until you watch it anyway. Um, but anyway, it's just a black and white photo and it says The Chosen. And um, when you download it, it should bring up eight episodes and we are saving for season two we are um we have it's completely crowdfunded and they have saved all the way up to episode seven of the eight episodes for season two so we're super close to getting season two ready for production and i'm so excited because it's so good and um they're doing, um, I can't remember what all they said that they're doing in season two. I know they said, like, um, they're doing a scene on Sermon on the Mount. Anyway, it's just, it's a really good show, and you should watch it and fund it. And even if you don't want to, like, donate, you can go to their store. They have a Facebook store and, a, uh, like, a website store. And they both have different things. Um, I went to the Facebook store and I got a face mask. So it, it should be coming in any day now. I'm excited about this show, you guys. Anyway. So we can go ahead and pray. And finish this up. Because I'm really cold. And I'm probably going to go back to sleep. <laughs> so. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning. And we thank you. For this beautiful life and the beautiful miracles that you showed during your time on earth, Lord. And we thank you for your word that allows us to see these miracles, Lord. And we come to you and ask you to bring peace and favor to all the listeners, Lord. And we ask you to bring health and healing to myself and my family, Lord. And to anybody out there suffering and to all the patients that have coronavirus right now, Lord. And we ask that you just touch the world and heal it of this virus, Lord. And we also ask that you continue to give me messages to share of you, Lord. And that you continue to wake me up early enough to get it recorded each week, Lord. So that we can continue to share your word. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. So I hope to see you here next week. I will try to get this um, edited and put in by Monday. Um, don't forget to email me your praise reports and prayer requests at highwayseminary at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at highway.seminary. And I hope to see you soon.